You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Gunner Kennels, Onyx Hunt, Nastra, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And you're listening to episode 92 with David Lazard. I want to welcome and thank my newest sponsor, Nastra, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, for being a sponsor of this podcast. Super proud to be uh, connected with Nastra. It's been a field trial game I have loved for many years. Nastra has been a premier walking field trial organization since 1978, with 31 regions across the continental U.S. and Canada, hosting over 800 trials per year. If you're looking for a fun, family-oriented field trial association or organization for you and your dog, Nastra is the place to be. All pointing breeds are welcome, and Nastra has a unique amateur program to help teach and coach new handlers as they get started in their field trial career. If you are looking to extend your hunting season, learn new things, and make new friends along the way, this is the place to be. Check out nastra.org. That's N-S-T-R-A dot org to find a region close to you and follow along on social media, Facebook and Instagram. I'm also proud to welcome Gunner Kennels as one of the newer sponsors of the podcast as well. Gunner Kennels, the best kennel on the market today. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. You know I've tried every single kennel brand on the market, all the big brands, tried them all, personally used them, and Gunner Kennels is where I have landed. It is the safest, toughest kennel out there on the market. They have everything you need from accessories, all weather kits, food bowls, food crates, you name it. Uh, they're going to hook you up and make it last in the gunner way they over-engineer every single thing and i love it Uh, check out gunnerkennels.com i just picked up the new food crate 30 it is a perfect size perfect size for those quick weekend hunts three four day hunt um, where you don't need to lug around the full food crate Um, so food crate 30 is a really really sweet deal Um, so check them out gunner.com you won't regret it anook shook professional dog food speaking of food crates with the gunner segment uh anook shook you better take a, a full bag of Anookshook and put it in that Food Crate 30 from Gunner. Perfect match. Uh, Anookshook Pro, guys, it has been the best food I have fed my dogs. Uh, again, I've tried personally, not personally, I have not tried the food, but my dogs have. <laughs> God, this this went sideways. Um, but Anookshook, it's been um, a super high-dense uh, formula that I trust, I believe in. I've seen the results. I've seen my dogs on some other foods where I've needed to feed them a ton of food to keep uh, their energy up and uh, keep them going on those harder, longer hunts, early season, late season. Uh, Since switching to a Nook Shook, I've never had an issue uh, with my dog's uh, uh, endurance uh, on longer hunts, and it's just been a really high-quality food. I love the company, um, run by really good people. So check out AnookShookPro.com. My dogs are on the 2616 right now in the summer, and as we roll into September, I will switch them back to the 3025. Uh, great formula, anookshookpro.com. Onyx Hunt, 
If you don't have it downloaded on your phone right now, I would encourage you hit pause, go download Onyx, sign up for a subscription. Rookie 20 is going to save you 20% off your yearly membership to Onyx Hunt. Guys, it is a necessity. It is, it is no longer a, a tool that you might need to have. Onyx Hunt, I believe, is a, is a, a digital mapping software system that every hunter should have every hunter um, being able to carry that with you um, pre-season during season during a hunt to know exactly where you stand on public or private land who owns what where can you go uh, identifying different um, land types crop types tree species you name it onyx hunt is uh, one of the, just a necessity i believe a necessity to every uh, hunter whether you're big game a waterfowl upland i think it really shines in the upland space though being able to um, hunt public land and know exactly where that land is um, that was a big um, struggle for me getting into upland hunting was just knowing where i could hunt well since i started using onyx it opened up a whole new world um, and thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of publicly accessible land so check out onxhunt.com get signed up as we head into season so my question to my listeners right now is where are you at and, and it might, might seem like an odd question but but where are you at right now because i'll tell you where i am i'm in the headspace right now of going man i just want to be out of the prairie i just want to pull up to a wide open piece of land uh, get out of the truck collar up the dogs, cut them loose, and follow them around with a shotgun in my hands. Uh, that's, that's where I go right now. I uh, just envision of what that looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like. And I know we are a little under 30 days from September 1st. Um, I know if you're a September 1st open uh, target date, uh, then you're my, you're my people. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the people I'm talking to. Um, but, but where are you at right now? And I think the hard balance of life right now, that's where I want to be. But then I go, wait, it's 521 in the morning here in Colorado. I'm sitting in my dark garage, uh, recording this intro, and then I'm going to go inside, get ready for work and head out the door. And then we got, we got kids starting school this week. We got all the fall things coming up and, uh, all, the, all the aspects of life uh, that kind of happen as well. But as a bird hunter, it's this this hard balance. It's this tension that we have to live in. Of uh, If you're like me, if you live in the suburbs, if you got family, kids, wife, uh, work, job, all, all those things that maybe aren't in the dog industry. Maybe you're not a, you know, the outliers of, of people who train dogs for a living or hunt for a living or, or whatever it might be. But for the vast majority of uh you know, people like me who, again, I'm, I'm an average guy, sits in my garage, records podcasts, and dreams about hunting. <laughs> but then there's a flip side of it where, uh, you know, we have, you know, jobs that we go to. We have wives, we have uh, spouses, kids, um, hobbies, all those other things that um, compete for our time. And so I'm in a space of just feeling conflicted right now going, you know, this is where I, I kind of want to go. You know, is it September yet? Can I get the dogs out there? Can we go hunt? Uh, but then there's that tension of, of going, no, this is, there's a balance. There's a balance of it. And so my question to you is, you know, where are you at right now? Are you, are you in that full guns a blazing? Let's go, uh, let's go hunt them up right now. Um, are you, are you feeling that tension as well? Are you feeling the tension of, of competing schedules, time, attention, all those things? Um, cause uh, I'll tell you it's, it's days Days like today, I'm, I'm getting ready to record this, and I was waiting for my um, my computer kind of 
shut down. I had to wait for it to start back up. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to be out on the prairie right now. <laughs> I just want to be out on the prairie uh, with the dogs uh, chasing some birds. And so I, I know we'll get there. I know um, it'll take some intentionality. Um, again, maybe maybe you're like me. Maybe you're trying to be you know mindful of your time and plan out your hunts and what you're going to target this year. Um, but what is that plan for you? Where, where are you at right now? What are you looking forward to? Um, heading into September, October, uh, chasing upland birds. Um, I, I bet you got your dogs all ready to go. You're making your gear list. You are planning the map. Uh, you're looking at Onyx. You know, dropping some pins. Going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit here and then, then go there. Um, it's an exciting time to be in. And my encouragement would be enjoy it. Um, you know, this is, this is a fun time. It's kind of that lead up to Christmas as a kid. Right, it's it's that anticipation of something exciting coming, uh, and just uh, again under under thirty days until September first. So, um, all that to say, long ramble. Again, Will's <laughs> Will's random five a.m. thoughts. But um, yeah, where are you at? Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. Tag me in a photo, a post, whatever it might be. Kind of let me know where, where are you at right now, heading into September. Uh, under the 30-day countdown. Anyways, i uh, got a good episode for you guys today with David Lazard from Under 40 Yards. Uh, David and I have been, been meaning to catch up for a little while, and um, my schedule's just been a little crazy. And so finally, I was able to reach out to David, get him on the podcast, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad I did. Uh, it was a great conversation with David, fellow Illinoisan. Uh, so we were able to reconnect on living in uh, the great state of Illinois. And uh, we talk upland birds, some more about his past season, uh, season ahead, his dogs, his uh, film work on YouTube. Uh, he, he's crushing it. He's uh, putting together some really quality videos that uh, has have good audio, <laughs> praise the Lord, good camera work, and uh, all those things. We uh, we have a fun conversation, so I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Um, hey, stay tuned. I did not do the Gunner Bumper giveaway yet. Um, stay tuned for that to get signed up on Patreon. I was going to do it this past Friday, but things got a little crazy, and so I'll give it another week, And uh, but get signed up on Patreon if you want to win a Gunner Bumper. I got four of those. I'll be giving away to Patreon patrons, so head on over there. Until then, take care. Yeah, this is my uh, kind of my basement workshop studio, okay. if you will, so yeah. I do some um, all kinds of different work down here, do my editing down here. and Yeah, yeah, um, okay. Uh, I'm an engineer by trade, so I do some some other 3D printing and software oh, design cool. and stuff like that. So, oh, very cool. This is the spot. Is your kind of your kind of your hangout lair? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was watching some of your uh, some of your YouTube stuff, man. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, thanks. I like it. I like it's a lot it. of fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. And we'll uh, and then we'll get into that uh, here in a little bit. Um, but Dave, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on here with me. I'm excited to, uh, get to chat with you a little bit more and, and, uh, and dive in here. I know you mentioned, uh, the season's coming soon. I think we're all, we're all getting ready to fast kinda, approaching. Yes. <laughs> kind of itching. Yeah. Um, what's, what's kind of the target date for you? Is it a September 1st date? Is it a little later? What's your target? Um, I probably mid September really. Um, I'm not much of a dove hunter. Haven't okay. don't really enjoy that. Uh, dove hunting around here is not really that great. Um, the Western trip I could start in September, but it's just a little bit too warm, I think. Then so we yeah. kind of 
wait a couple of weeks and try to avoid some of that extreme heat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That and the pressure and all that. Yeah. How (laughs) about you though? All all the people. Um, yeah, mine's probably very similar. Mine's going to be a little bit later September. Probably. Uh, I'm going to try to get up, get up North, um, Montana ish, North Dakota area. Right. Right. Um, but that won't be till I got a kid who's got uh, a bunch of stuff, hockey tryouts, early September and, you know, pre-camp yeah. and all that stuff. So early yeah. September is going to be a little crazy. Got a couple yeah, things quite the, quite the hockey family. Yeah. I saw, yeah, the, we... I saw the skate sharpener there. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm envious of that. I used to play it's... in Did high you? school okay. and, and uh, always a big hockey guy. So yeah, we, we would never even dream about having our own sharpener. Oh, yeah. House, yeah. So it's crazy cool. how things have changed now. And, yeah. uh, you know, someone came out. Yeah. Just came out with a in-home sharpener. And <laughs> so I think we got to sharpen probably like, I don't know thousand pair of hockey skates to to, to pay know, for it yeah. pay for it but it's uh yeah. it saves, saves you some trips to the uh to the uh, hockey store so yeah i mean you have the mercy much, of those guys so oh yeah yeah and prices were going up with uh sharpening and we're like you know what might as well save our, ourselves the drive and hassle of because we're with my older one right now he's i mean as much as he's skating he's getting his skate sharpened three three four times a week so we're like no why, why are we doing this so Holy yeah cow. yeah so it's quite a bit yeah. But yeah, that's that's fun. So yeah, probably uh probably later September. I'll try to get up north and uh yeah. kick things off. But yeah, it's hard to beat yeah. the prairies. I mean it's a yeah. it's kind of a new newfound some... love for me. You know? Is it? Yeah, we we just started going a few years ago, so nice. Um primarily a rough grouse hunter, so I've spent most of my hunting career in the woods. So yeah. and we chase pheasant and also on uh southern Wisconsin, but yeah, right on, right on. Well, Dave, before we get too much further, why don't we? Uh, why don't you put our listeners on the map? Where Where are you talking to us from? And then uh, give us give us a little overview. Uh, who Who are you? All right, name's Dave Lassard, and uh, I am sitting here and near out outside of Rockford, Illinois, North Central Illinois. Grew up in Illinois. Um, I started hunting birds probably. Uh, when I could legally do it when I was 13. So that was more than 30 years ago. Um, primarily a rough grouse hunter. Um, family is, I've got a lot of family from Northern Wisconsin and, um, that's primarily where I did it. Um, so I spend as much time in Wisconsin and out of Illinois that I can. And, uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot, uh, here to offer except for work, but outside of that, you, you know, you probably know the story there too. So, yep. um, but yep. yeah, I grew up, grew up hunting grouse, um, partly behind a dog and most of the time without a dog up until yeah. the last 10, 12 years, um, we hunted without dogs. So okay. one advantage of rough grouse hunting is you can be successful, you know, with or without a dog. Sure. Um, tell a lot more fun with a dog, but, uh, changes, changes <laughs> something everything. About, something about the dog, man. It just, it just yeah. adds another, another element to it, as yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, well, unpack your story a little bit more for us. What, uh, what kind of push you over the edge to go down the upland hunting route? Was it family? Was it upbringing? Was it, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about what, what was that? And then how did that really kind of take a hold and, and, you know, get to you, help you where you are now, I guess. I mean, again, sure. avid bird, bird hunter, all that stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of us started with our, my dad, um, my grandfather, our family was huge grouse hunters for years. Um, my grandfather was a, uh, 
uh, fishing guide on the what's called the Chippewa Flowage in the Hayward, Wisconsin area. So my father grew up on that resort. So they grew up in the woods hunting, fishing, everything. Uh, uh, my dad went off to military and moved to Illinois after. Um, this is where we grew up, but always had that connection up north. My grandfather, grandparents had a place up there. Uh, so I was, you know, at five, six years old, I was walking with dad down the old logging trails. It was just something that the family did. And it was, you know, it was automatic at that point. It, you know, as a kid, you're not really thinking about it, except that you want to do it when you get older, you know, because you're watching your dad and you're, yeah, it, was a, it was a family event, uncles, brothers. Uh, we had kind of a big grouse camp back in those days mm-hmm. in the 80s. And, um, and, and sorry, were they were they doing this with dogs at the time? or They were not. Now, my dad grew up with uh, springers, so they always had springers okay. in the house. Um, and later, my grandfather did have a Brittany. So he had a Brittany okay. named Tim. And uh, okay. he was a real good woodcock dog. Uh, so we used to hunt over him when I was maybe when I just started hunting, that dog was okay. still around. Uh, so my, my dad and uncles really had more enjoyment out of that dog. So mm. after that, we, we didn't have a dog. We did get a short hair when I was 12. Uh, I had another uncle in Illinois that lived right near us, kind of had a kennel of his own. So he had, gosh, at least eight or 12 short hairs of his wow. own. So he started a small breeding and, uh, he ended up giving me one when the dog was about six months old. Okay. And, um, you know, I could go on a tangent about that dog for an, an entire episode. Um, just positive, <laughs> negative. <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. Uh, uh, just really a wild animal. You know, those days we had, you know, no discipline for training, no sure. knowledge. Uh, that dog had a, uh, affinity for, uh, the neighbor's chickens. Um, <laughs> he had an affinity for anything with fur. I mean, oh, lot, lot I was just telling drag. a story, um, you know, just the other day that he, he literally killed every single animal that he met <laughs> except for other dogs. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so he would get along fine with other dogs. We had some friends with dogs and, um, sure cats he wasn't he was actually okay with cats but if there was a rabbit squirrel fox raccoon possum oh, he killed was, everything it was, it, he, it was gone it was unbelievable and uh, one day we came out and um i was playing with him in the yard throwing a ball or something and which i did frequently and then he just he took off and didn't come back for like 30 minutes and uh 30 minutes later here he comes dragging a, a gray fox through the yard and he plops it down at my feet and he just looks at me, you know, and I, I was like, wow, this dog is something, you know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so from there he continued to just slaughter everything. Cause I would take wow. my BB gun. Like we sure. all had, we had a lot of property behind the house and rode dirt bikes and all that sure. stuff. I was in the motocross for a while and, yeah. and, uh, we would walk back there and he would always, Find He'd time. always do better than I would, you yeah. know, as far as uh, <laughs> he's, he's going to tag out as far as getting something. But, <laughs> but, you know, it was uh, it was an adventure with him. So, yeah, um, we had him for about, I think, seven years and eventually got hit by a car. Oh, OK, um, but not before the uh, the neighbor shot him a couple times. Oh, gosh. Uh, for killing chickens, you know, oh, which my my dad my dad uh, instructed him to do so because my dad oh, was, uh, you know, kind of a real hard ass kind of guy. And, <laughs> 
he goes, you know, that damn dog is useless to me if he's yeah. going to be doing that. So uh, <laughs> I came home from football practice one day and, and uh, I think I was a sophomore maybe. And normally the dog was all over me after practice, yeah. you know, and, and that day he just sat there and looked at me and wouldn't move. And I go inside to my dad's on his chair with his paper in front of his face. And, you know, I said, dad, what's wrong with the dog? And he lowers the paper and he goes, Oh, Bob shot him today. And he goes back to reading, you know, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you oh, talking about? Okay. Bob shot him. Well, tell Bob shot him. <laughs> so don't you think we should do something? He's like, Oh, that damn dog. He'll be fine. <laughs> uh, oh my God. So we happen to know, uh, the local vet was a neighbor of ours, kind <laughs> oh of, gosh. I don't know, in the next neighborhood. And uh, he ended up opening the shop for us at 9 or 10 o'clock at night oh my on like a Wednesday night, you know. Yeah. So we take this dog up there and uh, he's not bleeding or anything. He's just kind of limp and he just yeah. he really can't walk very well. Oh, jeez. And uh, so he took some x-rays and looked him over and, and said, none of the pellets broke the hide. So oh, gosh. he'll be fine. Take he's some antibiotics. And uh, three days later, it was like nothing happened. You know, all, oh, the, all the pellets just kind of... <laughs> Yeah. fell out of his skin and oh my god and uh from that day on he, he he was not a fan of the neighbor you know yeah but uh it didn't really <laughs> um, teach him though it took two yeah. times two rounds of that but a year yeah. later it happened again so oh my god uh, he was he was <laughs> kind of like the neighborhood menace yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we might we might need a spin-off episode of uh, yeah of i got <laughs> i've got 30 stories like that yeah so let oh, me know good. <laughs> He lived, he lived an active life that dog did. Oh man. Yeah. So when uh so Dave, when the fast forward a little bit, when did the Upland Honey really kind of you know become a, a passion of yours and what uh, what kind of turned the corner for you, picking up your own dogs and all that? I would say um really it turned a corner probably more so like 10 years ago, 12 years ago when I got my Vishla. Um now yeah. I hunted through high school. We always went on a trip, went to college had to kind of abbreviate those trips, you know, how that goes. Um, sure. You know, we go from a week down to maybe a three-day weekend, I'd shoot up there. Yeah. And um, we hunted without dogs for years, just walking two tracks, and my brother and I, my uncle, that's how it was done. You know, it was uh, it was partridge hunting. You know, I never even sure. heard the word grouse until mm -hmm. I was probably 20 years old, and I didn't know oh, what the hell that meant, you know. <laughs> so my grandfather called them grouse or partridge and, and uh, all that, so... But it was probably about 12 years ago I picked up. My wife is, is a big dog lover, and um, I'm frankly not really a dog person. I am now, but let's sure. say, you know, reverse 20 yeah. years ago, really wasn't, you know, at the time. Wasn't interested in tearing up sure. the yard and putting up fences and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. she was bugging me about a dog. And I said, if we're going to get a dog, it's it's got to be a hunting dog and specifically sure. a pointing dog. So yeah. I had a friend. Dual that, purpose. I like it. Dual right, purpose. Right. <laughs> so I had a friend that I knew of a Vishla breed, which wasn't, you know, a super common dog sure. even back then, uh, 15 years ago. Um, but I knew of that breed and there happened to be a, a breeder in the Rockford area that's um, pretty well known nationally. And um, we just paid him a visit one day and walked over there and he had a couple litters on the ground and um somehow my name got put up to the top because i, <laughs> I was local you know he's shipping these sure. dogs all over the country sure sure uh, a lot of vishla buyers don't hunt their dogs yeah so um that was the first question he asked me i said of course i'm gonna hunt this dog and 
Yeah. And somebody's name got scratched off and mine got replaced. <laughs> <Dave> so. <laughs> so here we were. And I said, okay, I guess we're, we're in on it now. Yeah, so yeah. we took that dog home and, and, um, we had him, he passed away last year. We had to put him down, but, oh, sorry. um, but he's kind of where really my interest peaked more with okay. just kind of going to that next level. Right. Sure. I mean, you're hunting by yourself and your family and your brothers and, Yep. And it's fun, but when you have a dog, when you throw yeah, when you throw one of those into the equation, it it, yeah. it changes the dynamic for you as the hunter and it, how you hunt, even right. You, you, your study habits change too. Sure, you're, you know you you pay attention to covers more. You're just you know you're just into it more. Right. Um, and podcasts like this help a great deal. I mean, all the podcasts are out there. Sure. You know, that stuff wasn't around 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, all the, yeah, the resources, YouTube, podcast, right. I mean, all the, all the things yeah. that yeah, exactly. yeah, people didn't have even, what, 15 to 10 years ago, something like that. Right, it's right. It's amazing changed. where it's come. <laughs> it's helped us, time. people like me, to learn and grow and understand how to, how to work dogs, how to hunt, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. Did you, with that dog, did you, you try to figure out any training on your own? Did you just, yeah. It, how did you, well, how like, you navigate, navigate that? Um, I bought the, uh, like the Bob West series on DVD. Okay. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Back when everyone had a DVD on, player, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he had a series on, on short hairs. Uh, I think he's more of a waterfowl guy now, maybe more retriever, but okay. back then he had a series on short hairs. I watched that video over and over again. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing, you know, <laughs> and sure. Um, a none lot of, of guys. Us, that, none of us do when we start. We're yeah, like, we go into it like we, exactly. we think we do, but then we, yeah. We have no clue, you know. <laughs> so you, you look for advice from the breeder. Um, sure. Some of the guys at the club, uh, uh, the place I, I got him from, he also ran a put and take on okay. site. So you could get like, your, if you bought a dog from him, you get the first year membership for oh. included. Sure. So I'd ask all the old timers advice and this or that. And, um, you know, most, a lot of those guys are pretty wealthy, so they just bought their way out of every problem they had, <laughs> you know? So I sure, was, sure. I was a do it yourselfer. So, you yep. know, I really didn't find a lot of help there. So sure. you kind of turn to the internet and yep. uh, the few things that are on YouTube, especially back then, there really wasn't much of anything. Right. And, um, you just kind of hack your way through it. I mean, honestly, I'm still yeah. hacking my way through it, but <laughs> yep. just, you know, there's just a lot more information to use today. And absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that dog's going to teach you more. So the first yeah. dog's probably a mess. Your next dog's are going to be much yeah. better. Yeah. The first one, the first ones I always apologize to Gage constantly. I'm just like, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. man. I'm, you know, <laughs> you're my test mule. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me about your current dog. You just, uh, you just have one right now or, or yeah, two? Yeah, I have the one. We had the two for a while. Um, overlap. Uh, I, I went back to a short hair. Um, convinced my wife despite all the stories i told her about my childhood short hair being a, <laughs> yeah. a menace she kind of was pretty nervous so i'd be too he actually got he got really sick you know about three years before i passed and uh, mm. we thought he was gonna you know he wasn't gonna make it we had him to yeah. every single vet in the area and and you know nobody had an answer um so we started looking it takes a couple of years to get a dog on the ground you know sure. and um we happened to visit a uh GSP breeder up in central Wisconsin and okay. he had one dog left out of the litter. And, mm. um, we, I just went to meet him and his operation and made sure. it a future litter. And, uh, you know, you get you, to know a breeder and you think, yeah. okay, this guy's serious. It's not, yep. you know, this is his business. 
And um, a week later, we picked up that dog. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, you walked out with that dog. <laughs> yeah. So that's the dog I have now, Sawyer, uh, short here. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. dog. How, how old is Sawyer now? He is four. Okay. So he's just in his prime. So I'm prime, really looking yeah. forward to the next three, four years. It's going to be really good. He's absolutely. He's uh, he's about everything I could ask for. So you know, there's a That's few great. deficiencies, but those are mostly well, yeah. all my fault. So yeah, right, right, <laughs> totally. I was going to say you, you kind of DIY it with him as well, and kind yeah, of like, you know, yep, yep, yep. So you know, definitely learn something sure. from the first go around and uh, pay attention to more details, but. Honestly, and I've, this is, you know, cliche and everyone said it a hundred times, but learn to keep your mouth shut. That's the most important thing. And, mm. and focus on that basic obedience is, sure. is on, in my opinion, it's 90% of the game with dog training mm. is kennel training, heal, come, come with mm. me. Um, sure. Those basic things just translate. And I didn't understand that the first go around. Sure. You know, you're interested in just putting a bird underneath the dog's nose because you have this, you know, this timeline on your mind that you have to be doing this or that at certain weeks. And, you know, because you're reading these books and they kind of give you a general timeline of maybe when you should have your dog on bird. So it it was like this constant nerve that like, oh, I missed it by two weeks or. Yeah. 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 You, not, yeah, you think it's so literal sometimes and yeah. go, Oh, and, you know, oh, I ruined him because he wasn't on, you know, right. it wasn't pointing by four months or whatever. Yeah. And it, none of it matters. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's a, uh, you, you got plenty of time and, uh, it's focused on that obedience, you know, yeah. house manners are a big thing. Cause sure. you know, with us, it's, you know, 99% of that dog's life is, is a uh, part of the family. Yeah. So, and uh, this dog stays inside, and and which is unlike my childhood dog. He was a kennel dog outside. Sure. And uh, so times have changed quite a bit. And yeah. uh, I know a, for you, a, you got you have too many, so you have to keep some yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get too many kids, so we have to keep the yeah. dog. Outside. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's what you mean. Right. Our right. house is too small for yeah. for dogs inside. Once in a while, I'll let, I'll let Gage or Win inside. Yeah, yeah. And and they kind of know. It's 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 funny because they're not in often enough, but they when they are, they kind of know it's special, and so they're like, yeah. oh, "I'm gonna be on my best behavior." Really, that's funny. <laughs> like we're just gonna that's curl funny. on the couch, make sure mom doesn't see us, and yep. <laughs> <laughs> play it play it cool. Yeah, my short hair as a kid was kind of like that because he never got yeah. to come inside. My mom was sure. not a dog person at all; like she just yeah. resented that dog, and it would be so cold outside, and we had like a heated dog house for him in the garage okay. but it still got cold sure and every now and then you'd open that door up and we always had a fireplace going and he would yeah. he ran like he knew where it was he'd never he been knew, in yeah. the house yeah he runs straight for the fireplace and he just sits down <laughs> he's like i'm not moving yeah like, i'm good i won't i won't make a peep right, right. That's sorry buddy funny. you gotta go <laughs> yep that's too funny it's funny my wife actually recently she and she's not a dog person i've i've yeah. spoke on that before she's not a dog person and, um, but recently she's all about these, uh, Bernie's mountain dogs. Really? She, yeah. yeah. And she's like kind of serious. She's like, Oh, I think, you know, in a few years I want one. And I'm like, yeah. who are you? I'm like <laughs> one that you're even talking about. You want a dog. And yeah. And, uh, That's crazy. And so I look, I'm like, they're massive. I mean, they're, they're bigger like, than you on the small side. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> small side, 70 you know, plus pounds. And wow. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if she's serious. We'll see if she, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll my wife she, likes she keeps big on that dogs. train. 
She's she? a Rot- she's a Rottweiler fan. Had a Rottweiler oh, okay. for years. And oh, okay, cool. Uh, we do have another dog. We have a Golden Doodle also. Oh, nice. And he's a he's a retired service dog. Oh, cool. So we had three at one time, and that kind of got to be a problem. You know, sure. two dogs is is easy. Yeah. Three seems like it's five times as many as two. <laughs> I would agree. I, I would agree. You know, like your kids, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like after after that certain amount, yeah. it's just like, okay. Well, they, yeah, I don't know. They create that pack mentality yeah. at, at three, <laughs> you know. They I do. Guess. 100% agree. So, you know, oh, I've been working geez. on her to get another bird dog, but, man, it's, yeah. a, it's an uphill battle. So Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, how does that work with uh, – I mean, one dog, and you did you did a couple of big trips last year, right? How how'd that yeah. work with dog power? Do you meet up with some buddies uh, it, who have dogs? It was or? okay. I mean, we were really – our Montana trip, you know, we knew we had two dogs. My buddy that I went with, he's got a lab. Okay. Uh, he's also got a setter at home, um, but she's really kind of – he kind of inherited her. Um, she doesn't have much experience, so we didn't want okay. to put her out there in that situation. Sure. Um, so he's got a lab and on, on the prairie, the lab, you know, is not, doesn't have a huge amount of value except for retrieve. Sure. You know, we, he did come in handy for a lot of, uh, those thickets. We drop a bird in a thicket Okay. and that lab just lives for that. You know, my mm-hmm. short hair is not, not a great retriever. Um, mm-hmm. he loves to retrieve, but when we're hunting, he, his mind's on the next bird. It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, um, sure. So we, we honestly, we had really, we're working behind Sawyer, him and I, and he's covering yeah. both of us. So we had to be mindful of not burning him up. And, sure. uh, the year before and, and, um, in North Dakota, it was the same way. And that was the drought year. And, oh, okay. uh, so it was hot that year. It was hot. It was hot last year too. But, mm. um, you know, if we pay attention to him, the dog was in good shape. I conditioned him sure. pretty well. So he was able to hold up and he did yeah, a lot. That's good. He did a lot better than I expected. And fortunately there was plenty of birds to, yeah. where we didn't have to walk 10 and, miles. And, and yeah, yeah. Endless amount and of in, miles. And fill. Yeah. Uh, the, the bad part was, you know, our main focus is sharp tail and then, uh, huns are kind of like incidental. Sure. And, the plan was, well, let's try to, you know, get our limit on Sharpies maybe by noon and then sure. we can hunt Huns in the evening before yeah, it's dusk. It's a solid plan. It's a solid yeah. plan. <laughs> but without dog power, uh, you kind of change your plan. So, you yeah. know, by the end of the day, he's he's wiped out. And yeah. uh, we we got our Sharpies for the day. So we kind of just, we still treated Huns as in, incidental if we come across them. Sure. Of course, we're going we're gonna to hunt them. But um, to really focus on them. You got to have more dogs. I yeah, mean, you know yeah. that and everybody to, to knows go, that. To go all day for multiple yeah. days, yeah, yeah. you got to. But honestly, it wasn't. It was. It's not nearly as bad as I thought. I mean, we, yeah, we were awesome. quite satisfied. I think that's overall. Perfect. So you don't, yeah. you know, you don't need a whole trailer full of dogs. I tell sure. people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah you don't fun, need, you don't need but, twelve, but yeah, right, right. One, one can two, do it. Two, yeah. two's nice. One, one for the morning, one for the afternoon would be nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, and like you said too, as long as you. Our, you know, dog's condition, they're, they're healthy, they're, you know, ready to roll. Right. I think that yep. that's going to help extend that, the, that time you can be out there with them. Cause Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, uh, what other highlights from last year? Do you just a Montana trip? What else did you uh, focus on? Pretty much grouse. I mean, I, I, I hunt a lot of days. We have a place in Northern Wisconsin. Um, okay. So I spent a lot of time up there. Um, okay. We 
we we probably were in the woods more days last year than I have been in many years. Uh, nice. I had a lot of time off work for whatever reason. I okay. rolled some vacation and yeah. um, October was uh, November were pretty free on the calendar. That's awesome. So I was up there a lot. So we we hunted more. I killed more woodcock last year than I ever have. I think hmm, um, awesome. we just we hunted a lot of days. Grouse hunting was good, and, and, and the woodcock was flight. The woodcock flight goes through Wisconsin. Yeah, there, there's okay. there's a good local bird population there too. Okay. Uh, but the flights do when the flights come through is when the action really heats up. You nice. know, you'll go from maybe six or eight woodcock a day. I'm, I'll call them local birds. Sure. You know, likely to you know you'll have 40, 50 flushes in a oh, day wow. on some good days with woodcock. Wow. So. And there's a few week period where that's going on. So sure. uh, it's all weather time. To... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's a dry year, um, they kind of fly over. Like a few okay. years ago, it was really dry up there. And they just keep going. Um, yeah. I think they just headed right over that whole area. And uh, okay. we didn't find many, but last year was a good year. Okay. And grouse and then, have been and then, consistent. Yeah. And then uh, do you have, so woodcock and then do you have rough grouse in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my primary target. Okay. is is roughies and uh i used to treat woodcock as sort of incidental too um okay. but now i i honestly take i'll probably take half my trip and just kind of focus on woodcock cover oh, really? more okay. i mean the cover overlaps very very uh, i was gonna say it's probably pretty yeah pretty similar it, right? it, it is it is you're um you're pretty much hunting the same areas and now you got you start getting down into the edges of swamps and stuff um You'll find both, but you're going to find more woodcock, perhaps. Um, it also depends on the age of aspen cuts. Um, oh, that's right. You know, if you pay attention to the way the woods work and, and logging cycles and ages, it's a little bit different age for woodcock than it is for grouse. The woodcock you want prefer the older age or you, no, you want the younger, younger for woodcock typically. Okay. So I can, you know, if once it gets to five to that's seven, eight year, um, mm-hmm. it's they're smaller, more stem density. You'll have, you'll okay. find more woodcock, um, at that eight year and up, uh, it's going to start transitioning to both birds okay. and then more grouse kind of thing. So you can gotcha. kind of, you know, with the tools we have today, onyx etc sure um you know it's easy to find the pro- appropriate yeah. age but have you have you gone down that rabbit hole of getting getting super nerdy on the timber yes. cuts and yeah. The, yeah yeah i'm a software guy so that kind of stuff i do every day so <laughs> i just it flows right into that yeah but, it's natural for but, you. you know it, it's kind of like a you know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth right they all the <laughs> right. mike tyson thing so you know yep. you get you're in the woods and okay, now you're in the woods and you had this plan in your head and maybe you drop some pins in some areas, but you know, now you're using your eyeballs and your intuition and that kind of takes over. Onyx is still a great tool, obviously, and it'll get you in the area, but until your eyeballs are on it, you're not, you know, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it it does save a ton of time. A hundred percent. But you're like, Oh, this is what this looks like, feels like. Yeah. 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 Gives you, gives you more, 4d experience i don't know if you call it that yeah but yeah that's a good <laughs> a little, term yeah I like a little that. more yeah i was just talking with uh i did a episode this morning with uh ben bredigan from onyx we were talking oh, about nice. the 3d yeah. features yeah, sure. in that with onyx so sure felt felt like an appropriate reference i'm a big fan of ben and his product so <laughs> yeah yeah no, they, they do a good job for sure 
They for do. Sure. Yeah, it's totally what changed you, the whole landscape. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, what are you looking forward to this season here? Um, we're about, I mean, from when we're talking, we're, we're about a month out, maybe a little bit more for yeah. some, but what do you, uh, what's on the horizon and what do you, what are you thinking for this fall? More of the same. Um, we'll be in the Eastern Montana again, uh, most likely probably, probably mid September. I'm going to say, I don't have the plans, uh, nailed down yet. Um, sure. Depends on my buddy Tom. He travels a lot for work, so okay. I kind of work within his schedule. Um, and then, um, of course, I'll spend most of October and November in the Grouse Woods. Sure. I really like to make a trip to um, like Western Kansas for uh, Bob White this year. Okay. Hopefully, it works out. Um, it, it, it's on the pl- it's in the plan books, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. Know, whether or not it, weather you, dependent because. Yeah. It's moving towards December probably. Uh, yep. It can be pretty nice there in December, but it can also yeah. be pretty miserable too. So <laughs> it can, it yeah. can. It's the same weather you have basically. I'm, I'm guessing yeah, pretty much, similar. pretty much just yeah. either hotter or more. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so weird how it fluctuates just yeah. it can be worse. It can be better. I mean, who the heck knows? It looks like they got some rain out there this year. So maybe the, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of places have gotten rain. I'm, I'm super optimistic on, on some of our surrounding area. I mean, Colorado yeah, area is crazy. Greener. It's greener than it's ever been. It's like the Midwest. Um, yeah. It, it yeah. kind of feels like it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, we, my wife and I joke, it actually kind of feels like we, we live in Florida this past spring. Yeah. Cause yeah. we get this afternoon, you know, thunderstorm that rolls through dumps a bunch of rain and then, you know, moves on. And it's beautiful the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, some friends that are up in uh, Fort Collins and oh yeah, outside Denver. And um, yep. so we keep in touch with them, but yeah, the weather's been it's, totally different by you guys. It's been crazy. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard Nebraska's got, got good moisture and really? so that's got me, got me optimistic for, for grouse numbers there and Sand chickens and yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We'll you make a trip that. there every year, don't you? Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I or, do. And uh, we'll see if I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I do a big trip there this year or, or that or whatnot. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. I think my focus is trying to get up north a little bit, but we'll see right. if, yeah. if I can make it happen. Uh, there's yeah, some, there's some closer be. spots too that, uh, I mean, again, Sand Hill region is so large. Um, yeah. The spot I yeah. usually go is about six, seven hours. Um, so okay. I, I think I can get a little bit closer, maybe three or four hours and still okay. get into yeah, be cool. prairie chickens and, and sharp tails. So. Right. We'll see, but uh, but maybe we'll have to meet Nebraska at some point. It's not. Yeah, I would love not, it. Not Nebraska. Terrible drive. From, Never been from there. Rockford. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, really. Even Ty- the Montana trip, I didn't think was. You know, it's about a thousand miles, roughly, from where I'm okay. at. You know, it's really not bad. Um, yeah. Because it's you know once you get through Twin Cities, it's it's uh, yeah. smooth sailing. Yeah. Smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah, I forget yeah. how many miles it was for me last year, but or uh, two years ago I went up to uh, Montana, but I think yeah. it was only like. 13 hour drive, 14, something like that. So it okay. wasn't, wasn't yeah, terrible. About, was it, you know, it's about what we did. Something okay. like that. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. The Wyoming, the Wyoming part, it was sucked pretty bad. It was, it was just, it was kind windy and yeah. it was, I mean, and, and the people, I've heard people say that. And that once I experienced it, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's a hike. Yeah. And it's just wide yeah. open. Wide we open. drove through Wyoming a few years ago. We, we stayed in Denver and, and drove okay. to Yellowstone and, uh, the whole time I'm looking at sagebrush and yeah, just yeah. like, you know, the whole, it was a family trip, but sure. I'm just daydreaming oh, yeah. staring off in the drop pin, know. drop pin. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at mile markers on the highway yeah. going, this looks good here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then I it's got home sickness. and tried to figure out where we were. Cause yeah. 
<laughs> it's a sickness, man. You can't go anywhere without without going. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that holds birds, right? I wonder if <laughs> right. Well, then we we hit a chucker with the car. No way. And, uh, like right out, right outside of Cody, where it kind of gets really rugged. Okay. We're coming over this hill, and I go, man, it, this looks like good chucker country. <laughs> no and way. I'm telling you, within ten seconds of me saying that to my wife. One hits the windshield. No way. Boom, flies up. I look, I see it in my rear view mirror. It hits the ground. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Go pick that thing up. Right. And I didn't even drop a pin because I don't oh. know anything about chucker hunting. I'm like yeah, zero. Yeah. So, but I, I'm just looking at the what I've seen basically of the of the Western guys. I'm like, wow, yeah. this looks like chucker country. And, and sure enough, here comes the we chucker. We killed one. Yeah. Chucker. Yeah. It's oh, the first, that's... that's the first wild chucker I've ever seen. I mean, we use them for training here, but yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you know. your first and only, <laughs> you never know with that kind of luck to you. I, know, right? yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I'd love to get that for chucker. This I have not, not chased wild chucker yet. And that's definitely on my, oh man, on it my looks, list and looks tough. It does. It does. Look, it looks tough. And I, I just, pardon me. I love chasing just new birds. I love trying. Oh yeah. Um, something new. I chased uh, scalies last year. Um, unsuccessful yeah, right, right. with them, but it was yeah. it was fun. It was new new terrain, new territory. Right. Uh, it can be it can be frustrating too to figuring out a new new land and, new, and yeah. all that. But, yeah. Did you know, you didn't good. go to Arizona? Did you? No, no. I was here in Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know they got some pretty decent scalies in Colorado. Yeah. Do you think with the with the wetness this year, the weather, it'll be? I, better? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope so. I, I haven't looked specifically down in that kind of area. Um, yeah. I'm sure they've gotten some good moisture, but um, but yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll jump down there again. Again, it wasn't super far of a drive, so right. Again, that's with with kids and life and work, and as you know, it's just yeah, you, you got to plan accordingly. Right. And, and I don't know, it changes your mindset a little bit. Of again, two, three, four years ago, even I was like, all right, what's how many big trips can I do? Yeah, and now I'm like, yeah. how many, like, can I do a couple small trips or, you know, I got a, I got a day trips. Well, uh, and I got full respect for you, man. I mean, <laughs> you got a house full of kids and I mean, yep. even having time to do this, what you're doing now is amazing to me. But It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Um, yeah. Busy and crazy and all that, but it's, yeah. it's something I enjoy. And I, again, I get as much out of these conversations, talking to you, learning, catching up. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. So yeah, I've enjoyed watching and listening to your show for the last few years. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been appreciate fun. It. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, thank you. Well, it's, it's been fun. Can't wait for first season to come up, but what, um, what have you been working on this summer? Any, any kind of summer goals with the dog or how, how, you guys been just conditioning or, um, mostly, you know, I focus on he's for me, he's at a point where I like him. Um, you know, steady to wing would be a nicety. Uh, my only fear there is losing it. You know, once I get sure. it. Is, you want uh, that dog on it. Right. And uh, keeping up with that. So the the biggest thing with grouse hunting is is, is steady to wing. So if, if he's if he's steady in the woods and he's very steady, mm. I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. Um, yeah. To get to that next level, yeah, it would be nice. But sure. like I say... Yeah, it'd be a big disappointment when I lost it. I had to oh, re sure. earn it, regain that again, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's tough. Yeah, it's a good point you make because you're, again, if you're mostly hunting that thick, thick wood grouse, I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. some tough stuff. I, again, I've never, I've hunted mountain grouse here and that's it's thick. There's definitely thick areas, yeah. um, but there's some open areas as well. But I was even watching some of your videos earlier and, and some of the stuff you're walking through, it's, that's thick. And if a bird goes it's, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to have... 
you got to be on it. You know, they don't, um, you know, the, I always say with grouse is um, they're easy to kill, but hard to hit, you know, um, uh, sure. Cause it really only takes one pellet to bring one down. So it's not like a rooster, you know, we hire sure. a pheasant in Southern Wisconsin and, and uh, you know, they could take a, take a hit pretty good, yeah. but a grouse, if, if you put a pellet on them, probably going to knock him out of the ground. Yeah. Now he may hit the ground and run. Um, but typically it's not that common. Okay. Um, so and it, it, it's not a covey bird. So right. to have a, a dog steady to, so it's a lot of, a lot of singles. Just... Right. Exactly. Okay. So they have a finished dog, quote unquote, it's not a huge advantage to me in the grouse woods sure. because it, they're not a covey bird. Now, if yeah. I was hunting, if I was a Bob white hunter, something like that. I'd mm-hmm. probably want a finished dog because you're going to get multiple flushes. And sure. even out West with sharp tails, um, he was good enough to get multiple shots at, at a covey of birds. Yeah. Um, but with grouse and woodcock, it's typically singles. Okay. So if you, um, you know, you empty two barrels and sometimes with woodcock, you'll get, you'll get a couple opportunities sure. and that, that happens. But by the time October, mid October hits, uh, the grouse have kind of broken up at that yeah. point for okay. the most part uh, early season you can get some groupings you know four five six birds okay uh, are still grouped together but once the leaves start changing they pretty much change their habits and oh wow. and, and they're broken out by them okay. so okay was it uh when you went out to montana have you been doing that a couple years now and was it yeah. a yeah. was it a transition for your dog did he figure the, the shark tails out pretty quick i mean a new species he did. Bird. Really surprising to me, you know. It's not that different from the pheasant cover. Um, it's a lot easier cover, you know. We mm-hmm. our first trip was at North Dakota, and that was during the drought year, and that was a tough trip. So we did shoot some birds. Um, the goal was just to kill some sharp tail for the first time. Um, we didn't know anything about it, you know. I'm just listening to your podcast and others to try to figure <laughs> out clues and. Sure. And um, it was tough in North Dakota because of the, uh, there's just not a lot of access, you know, unless you know private landowners. To me, we struggled to find places to go uh, because that was the first year they had the electronic posting. Okay. And so, of course, I had that layer on Onyx and, you know, there was a lot of people enrolled in that. So you'd roll Mm -hmm. up to a spot and it's not posted and you'd Mm -hmm. you'd cheer a little bit and then you open up Onyx and it says, (laughs) posted so yeah and we would have to drive 40 50 miles between plots to find a spot to go and and so so then last year we went to montana and that's to me that was just 100 times better because of the access you know the block management program is just terrific i mean they do a phenomenal job there's more state land um the blm land we didn't really hunt much of but state and and block management was like 80 90 percent of what we did and it was just terrific yeah all the property was so well cared for and yeah you know yeah every, every piece of land i think we went to uh, on the on the trip a couple years ago i went I, I don't think we i don't think we had a property that we didn't have birds on or, yeah or i agree coming to right. a, yeah. a couple couple coveys of sharp tail huns whatever it might be even again we were early season but we you know saw tons of pheasant and all that stuff yeah so they yeah. were i think they do a good job of managing their land and wildlife so yeah. Yeah. It was a great experience. People are friendly. Awesome. Um, it's not as easy to find a place to stay in, in Montana as there is, you know, it's a little more, I mean, a little it's more just spread less, out. Yeah. There's just less people in general. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's 
Not a lot of choices. Wild West. (laughs) Wild West. Unless you're camping, you're kind of staying where you can find a place to rent. You know, that's kind of where you're going to hunt too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you, you have a kind of unique truck setup. And I say I say unique because I think you got you have an SUV right, and so you yeah, run a yep, yep. you run like a little drawer system out of your SUV, right? And a, yeah, I have an old beater that I, I keep this old SUV out of spite. Okay, know, for <laughs> you, you, you know, ninety thousand dollar rig guys, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm going to keep it as long as possible. Uh huh. Why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it, it used to be our old family car, actually. Okay. Like okay. when we had our kids were small, and then we kind of grew out of it. I said, "Well, I'll just stick it over here in the garage." And then, yeah, I got the dog, and I'm like, "Wow, well, I'm gonna put him in that." And yeah, uh, I had well. a truck some years ago that I sold, and sure. And so I kind of stick with this thing now, and yeah. I, I, I honestly like the SUV setup. Um, sure. If I had two, three dogs, it wouldn't work. But right, right. For one or two dogs it's a pretty good setup cause I can, right. I can cool them. I can heat yeah. them. Um, and that's what people are always trying to, in pickups, you're always trying to figure out how do I cool them? How do I heat exactly. them? Right. And then you, you know, all the gear and things that go with to do that. I don't have to you really know. worry about that. Right. Um, <laughs> you're like, just turn uh, the AC on or turn the heat right. on. Right. Well, actually the AC doesn't work anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make, they make fans. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm mostly in the fall and winter. I only, as yeah. long as the heat works, I'm good. Yep. So, yep. That's funny. But then I can build. Uh, I built my own drawer yeah. system okay. um, because I don't, it doesn't have to be waterproof either, right? Sure. I don't need a deck system to be right. waterproof. So um, I built the whole system and, and set it up exactly the way I wanted. Yeah, um, kind of like a a lot of a lot of clues came from like the Overland community. Oh sure. And um, I just kind of put the Upland spin on it and made a, a place for the guns and yep. You know, boxes of shells. Yeah. yeah built a kennel i couldn't yep. put a i couldn't put a, a a plastic kennel in there so i just built my own sure. kennel and um, yeah and we kind of go that way so that's yeah, awesome. spot for the shells spot for the collars yeah. everything awesome. camp stove Very all that cool. oh yeah yeah you're, you're ready to roll good. yeah and i can bust it through the woods and i don't care about what happens to it right exactly <laughs> <laughs> no you're not worried like i am right now every, i mean I, every, i'm worried about where i park it right now right right i had <laughs> when i had a new truck I pinstriped that thing the first year I owned it up oh, in the no. grouse woods and it was a <laughs> black truck and it was just, oh. man, it made me sick. And, yep. uh, now I, I couldn't care a lot. In fact, yeah. I enjoy pinstriping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it adds to it now at, at a certain right. point. It's like, like my, uh, my older truck. It was a dark gray color and yeah. so many of those, those roads, especially mountain grouse, mountain, mountain grouse hunting the last couple oh, of yeah. years. It's just there's tight roads, switchbacks, and the overgrown trees and everything. Yep. And every time I just hear the sound go <laughs> along I the know, side, and I know that sound. I know. I've, I probably have about a uh, a gallon of paint in the woods off of that yeah. that old truck. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, Dave, the other, the other thing that's uh, that you've been you've been running on your side is uh, so under forty yards. You uh, you've been doing some YouTube stuff, and I mean yeah. your your Instagram page is awesome. You you post some really nice photos, videos. Thank what you. Uh, what made you start wanting to to video some hunts and and throw that up on YouTube and stuff? All right, good question. Uh, it started with that visa. Um, okay. So mostly to kind of share with my buddies, you know, cause it, I was new to the pointing dog world, even though I had one when I was a kid and I won't really consider that my first dog. He, sure. he was really my first dog. 
And uh, I just kind of wanted to, re- to record his progress because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had a little put and take that was part of the package that I bought with the dog. So I thought, wow, I'll just record a few things. And when I started, I was using my phone. So I just hold up my phone and I'd shoot one handed. Oh gosh. <laughs> and you know, I mean, there's, these are preserved pheasants. So sure, not, sure. A, not a huge challenge, yeah. Yeah. but you know, I got pretty good at one handed shooting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about people like you. I've right, heard right. about people. Right. <sighs> so I started put, you know, I'd send these videos to my buddies and, and, uh, you can't really, obviously can't text a video to any quality. So sure. I just opened up a YouTube account or maybe I already had one and it's way easier to upload to that and just kind of share sure. something privately. Yeah. And, uh, it just kind of started snowballing. My buddy came and he, he brought his dog. And then, um, back in those days, you know, this is like 2013 when I was starting to do this YouTube thing, there really wasn't anybody on, on, um, on YouTube doing it, except for one guy that I saw him do this grouse video. Um, it's the consummate sportsman on YouTube. He has the greatest grouse video of all time. (laughs) And when I saw that, I thought, man, I could do that. Yeah. I think I can can do this because this is what I do. Was this before like GoPro time or it it was was GoPro, but real early GoPro, you know, shaky, shaky days. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, you know, I was too cheap to buy a GoPro, so I bought some knockoff thing, imitation okay. thing, total piece of junk, failed every time I used it. <laughs> Finally bought the GoPro, and then um, it was a GoPro 3. And uh, oh, wow. then I just I came up with the name. I, I thought, well, I need to somehow brand this thing. Yeah. And um, I've been a shotgun guy my whole life. I used to shoot trap. And, sure. And so you're always working under 40 yards, and yeah. I just thought it sounded cool so yeah put that out there and then you know debated on changing it over the years because sure nobody knew what the hell i was like what you know yeah, what? i mean anybody that doesn't hunt or no yeah the, it has our no... community gets it but yeah anyone else uh, yeah like, right right heck? but I, I thought i had to have like outdoors in it for anyone to oh know sure what it meant, well yeah that know? was a classic like 2000s you know in, yeah in everybody had something outdoors, yeah, outdoors you know yeah, and uh, yeah. i'm like i can't do that everybody yeah. does that so yeah um it took a while to get some traction going, but then it yeah. just kind of, it got more fun, you know? And then I started sure. getting interested in cameras and, and, um, I've always been a computer guy, so it was kind of a natural workflow for me. Yeah. And, um, I'm a software engineer, so I bought editing software and just taught myself and then awesome. kind of progress into some bigger cameras and better stuff. And now yeah. the stuff is so much better than it was oh, gosh. even night, five night years day. ago. Night you know, it's not even close. Yeah. So you've been, so, you've been doing this a lot longer than I thought you have with, with the yeah, video 10 side of years. And, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, UFY is about a 10 year old channel. It was, it was, um, what was it before that? I had some videos before I kind of rebranded. Uh, maybe it's just my name probably. Okay. Until I kind of thought, well, maybe this will go somewhere. I started getting yeah. some views, you know, because sure, no one was really doing it. And I yeah. thought, well, maybe there's something here. Of kind, yeah. and honestly, my kids were small. And I thought, you know, the only way to interest kids is through video a lot of sure. ways. So I thought maybe that would be a good impact on, yeah. you know, sharing the whole experience with, with them and other kids. And Totally. And um, so I like to think that that has happened i don't know but yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's fun for me so. that's that's cool man oh well, yeah and two 
that uh, say the younger generation of, of people, maybe not kids, or maybe kids too. I mean, yeah, as the people have turned to YouTube, turned to things like that to learn about something, right? You know, maybe videos like these can help open someone's eyes. To, oh, wow, that's what it looks like yeah. to hunt behind a pointing dog, or well, I mean, what's what the first like thing you walk? First thing you turn to when your your washing machine breaks down. YouTube. Open up YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's default now. <laughs> it's it's like, like before yeah. even because you know years ago you think about okay you got got you know first your first thought is find a repair person. Now it's like yeah, go to yeah. YouTube. So I, I can see if I can save myself some some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's crazy. it's funny because I I look back at the old videos and they're so terrible. Like by my standards today, <laughs> sure, they're so bad. But if I look at the metrics, uh-huh. I was just looking at this last week. Yeah. Some of those old ones are still have more views oh wow than my new it's it's crazy i don't understand wow. it i'm like these are so terrible yeah but people they are still them. i don't know why you know that's it's, so it's weird that's so for them crazy. to even show up in people's feed is like strange <laughs> right. to me like why would they right. have a six-year-old video in someone's feed like i don't right. know that's wild what is uh what, what's some of the equipment you're using now are you using pr- primarily gopro for your for your for videos the or point of view i use gopro um head mount is my preferred um, do you do any barrel like barrel mount stuff too or no i don't i tried that i did have a clamp for a few years um ends up moving around so much and it seemed kind of gimmicky to me and i tried to chest mount for a while okay which i i thought would be interesting but you put your gun up and the camera points that way and you're pointed this way and you don't see anything oh yeah Yeah, your chest your your chest kind of turns yeah right and so that didn't really work out. Um, so I went back to head mount, still the best. Yeah. Um, so for the point of view stuff, I use that. And then for like my B-roll, I have a, a couple mirrorless cameras, interchangeable okay. lens cameras. Um, I use, yeah. use those for photography also. Okay. Same, Very the same nice. gear. So yeah. if you get a good hybrid camera now. They can do both. And... They can do both very, very well. Um, That's awesome. Which wasn't the case back in... Yeah, you have a dedicated... there, there was some, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I like Lumix Panasonic cameras. So they, they did have right. a camera back then that, that would have okay. done the same, but I was way too cheap to put any money into that <laughs> sure. back then. I'm like, you know, it was hard enough getting that GoPro first time, right, right. you know, it's like, <laughs> totally. like how much money, 300 bucks yeah. I got to spend on yeah. this thing. I'm like, no way. So. Oh, that's <laughs> too funny. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with the GoPro stuff now, is it, again i don't have a gopro i had one or two gopros a long time ago for some mountain biking stuff i used yeah. to do um are they not where you can voice activate them now so you don't you can you um, a button still or how does that work i still use a button i use the um the biggest feature the feature to me that totally changed gopro well there's two of them really the stabilization that came in play about mm. um i think gopro 5 introduced that so we're on gopro 11 now um they introduced stabilization. So that totally changed yeah. the game. Uh, it, it has gotten so good, the stabilization. And they do it with all with software. Um, there's mm-hmm. no, it's not optical stabilization like it is oh. in my mirrorless cameras. They're doing that mechanically with optical right, stabilization. Right. On the GoPro, it's all software. Okay. That changed the game. And there's a feature called hindsight that hmm. totally changes the way that I use the camera. Um, with upland hunting and GoPros in the, in the past, it was you're recording all the time because you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe out in the western prairies, your dog's on point, 
and now you got some time to turn the camera on, walk oh, okay. up, do it properly. But when you're grouse hunting, um, rough grouse yeah, so hunting, you just hit record and go. You have to, right? Because yeah. um, you know, a rough grouse is not going to tolerate a dog for more than a couple of seconds. Sure. Um, so it's a flushing bird. Um, they will hold. Sometimes you can get them to hold, but it's yeah. not like you know prairie birds. So you have to record all the time. Otherwise, you're going to miss everything. Sure. So when you get home, now you have you know you've got a hundred gig of data that you have mm. to sort through and cut that down to, you know, a 10 minute video. Sure. This new feature called hindsight, uh, basically it's always recording, but it's not writing that video to the SD card. Mm. So essentially it's always on. And what it does is uh, there's an option to choose the length that it will go backwards in time to start recording. So okay. for example, if a grouse flushes now, I shoot, it falls. Now I push the button on. It takes the last previous 30 seconds. Oh. And now it writes that to, to, to the disc. Oh, to the, to the wow. card. Yeah. So from wherever I hit the button, it'll go back yeah. 30 seconds and then forward from there. So no then I'll hit way. stop maybe 30 seconds later. So now I have a one, a one minute clip of just okay. action. That oh, has wow. saved me. I, you have no idea how many hours it has saved oh, me. I can only imagine, yeah. Because I don't have to sort through. Um, you know, typically it takes me about two hours for every one minute of oh produced gosh. video. So yeah, this is this has gotten me down. My workflow is way better now. So I'm sure. I'm probably under under an hour per minute now. Let's say that's incredible. Just because of my workflow changes that I've done, but. A lot of that software and just learning, you know, right, a better right. way to do but that, things. But that that alone, again, just the, the time saving and the it's, yeah storage on your your cards and I don't know, it's amazing feature. It's, it's I don't think GoPro has any idea that it would be used in this way. Use the <laughs> right for the Upland Hunter. Sure, but man, am I thankful that they have that in there? Upland, it's, it's a GoPro changer. Upland edition. Right, right. The only disadvantage is you get a little beep when you hit it, and you have oh, okay. to edit. I edit it out because yeah. I don't like to hear that in the video. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think it's uh, you just want to hear the dog bell so. and the, and the right. brush okay. of the the leaves right. and everything. But I'll take that yeah. any day. That's easy to edit out. Oh, that's so. pretty cool. Do yeah. you? Uh, how was that for you? Again, it sounds like camera work and and that that piece of you was was kind of natural for how you're wired. Was it? Does yeah. it ever take anything out of the experience for you when you're when you're filming hunts, or is it is it natural for you now? Because I know a lot of people want to want to try to record their hunts and things like that. Um, it for does. you, does it add to your experience? Does it take away? It adds in the way of viewing it in July. You know, mm. um, you know, you kind of, you pay for it in October and, and um, you know, you can you enjoy it in July. So it mm. does take away from the hunt. I'm not going to lie. It, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. You got camera mm. and you got your GPS collar and your e-collar stuff. Sure. And shotgun. You're trying to manage the dog. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And I, I, sometimes I'll hunt without my cameras, which is not that often, but I, I do it and, um, I do enjoy it, but then I'm kind of like, you know, you got a little FOMO on maybe (laughs) like last year I had a couple just freaking great shots and some roosters yeah. I, I wasn't wearing my camera i'm like oh. what you know yeah. <laughs> as a video as a youtube guy it's like yeah. oh man missed opportunity but yep. i hate to think of it that way because it it, it kind of takes away from the whole experience in a certain way but sure i kind of enjoy it like uh it's just become part of the whole 
experience for me. And yeah. um, I have this huge library now of, of yeah, all the past times. And... Yeah. Especially when you get this time of year and you yeah, get pumped that's up. Smart. I mean, J- June, July, August, man, those, yeah. those can be hard, long months for a. I, I can tell with my uh, YouTube has pretty good statistics on it. And I can yeah. tell by the analytics that okay. about mid July, my, the views start yeah. heading upward. That's, so. that's the peak. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. What's uh, you know, someone that's been, been doing this now quite a while, uh, yeah. been on the YouTube filming hunts, uh, equipment, all, all the things of doing some, again, really, really quality videos. Um, your content's very, it's, it's quality. It's sound is good. I'm a big sound person. So I like, yeah, yeah. It's, it has quality sound, audio, all that good stuff. And so Thanks. Um, you're producing a really, really good product here. What, what's some advice I guess you'd give someone who, who says, Hey, Hey, I want to film more of my hunts. I want to be able to have some of these memories and capture them. Do you have any, a couple of pointers, a couple some advice maybe on someone who wants to get into that? What, what do they need to be focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest, to, if you're going to use a GoPro or a, a POV camera like that, your biggest challenge is going to be battery power. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be the most frustrating thing about it. Uh, the batteries they put in them just aren't very good. Um, you might get an hour of recording if you're lucky. Um, and, you know, they'll say 90 minutes or whatever, but it's never 90 minutes, sure. especially when it's cold. Mm-hmm. So I run an external battery pack on my headgear. Uh, oh. A lot of guys run a cable down into their vest from okay. an external USB battery pack. And that will change everything because it, it totally removes that need to mm-hmm. constantly be paying attention to the GoPro will beep when it when it goes dead. And then you'll know, and some guys just stop and they'll change the battery. But I was doing that so much. It just got so Mm. annoying. Yeah. And it would happen right when a great point or a nice shot and the camera goes dead. I mean, it it never failed. (laughs) So when I, when I changed that, it reduced um, the complexity way down. Mm. Uh, I can hunt all day. When you say, when you say external battery pack, is it just a larger battery battery just, bank basically uh, yes a usb okay. battery bank like you would okay. charge your phone offline okay. with um it's literally mounted to my headgear uh, oh so it's, it's, it's a, not in your vest it's not in my vest i don't okay. like it in my vest only because in the grouse woods it's another wire that yeah, gets yeah. caught in the branches um and to be honest when i'm doing more of the vlog style or mm-hmm. pov on me i don't want the camera on my head i just mm-hmm. I think it looks sloppy. I'm not sure. saying, you know, people that do it, whatever. Yeah, so I want to yeah. be able to remove it very quickly right? and then do a shot, put it back right right back on. Gotcha. Okay. Just, I'm trying to conceal the camera so people don't yeah. see, see it's it. It's not a part of the experience. Yeah. Right, right. Even like when there's a shadow and I can see my camera in the shadow, it You're bothers like, me. Cut it, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> right. It's like we watch those uh, uh, like drone videos. And you could see the shadow sure. of the drone yeah, on the ground. Yeah. It's like, oh man, that's yeah. terrible. You don't want to know. The, you don't want to be reminded that the drone's right. there. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to know how the sausage is made. You just yeah, want to yeah, see exactly. The product, you just want to enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm always trying to do the stuff like that. Um, from a software standpoint, the other challenge is, and a lot of my friends have gone through this, and a lot of people reach out to me and ask me the same questions. Filming it is the easy part. Okay, now you have a camera that's full of MP4 video files. Yeah. Now what do you do? And and so many of my friends went out and bought GoPros like when I was getting into it. Everybody sure. bought one, right? And then it's like, 
oh, what do I do with it? They're not good sure. with computers. They're the they're, other side of it. They would try to give them to me. Can you edit my video? I'm like, no. I, <laughs> what are you talking you about? Pay me a lot of money, I might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that it, if you're going to get into it, you have to have a good machine, a good PC. Sure. Um, software has come a long way. Um, I've, I've used so many, um, but I've settled on um, a system called DaVinci Resolve, which is, in my opinion, is the best video editing software out there, uh, especially for the value. Uh, they have mm. a free version that is absolutely fantastic. I oh, mean, nice. It's professional grade software. So, but if, but if someone wanted to kind of explore it a little bit more and yes yeah there's other the free software out there that that maybe you could get a handle on on the basics of cutting and video um if you want to get to that next level you're going to sure. have to up, update the software and learn it um, mm. resolve is my opinion hands down the best yeah so many resources on it number one and two it's you can get the free version which is super sure. um so that's my advice. So don't try to do it on, a, on an old computer. You're going to, you're going to hate it. It's yeah. just going to struggle, especially if you shoot in 4k, which I rarely do. Honestly, I don't. It's mostly 1080. Are you doing? I usually do 2.7 K, which is okay. what they call 1440 P it's, it's kind of in between. Okay. Um, and that gives me the ability to zoom a little bit on the GoPro mm -hmm. because the GoPro is a fixed lens camera. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll be able to punch in and still get that 1080p quality output on oh, the nice. final product. Uh, you can up convert to 4k. Um, I may change the 4k. It's so much storage. That's yeah. the problem. You know, I have so many discs, you know, 12 terabyte discs. You know, oh, it, it, it gets to oh, be 12 terabyte. Yeah. It gets oh, to be like gosh. endless, you know, storage. Yeah. So it's all, you know, how much you want to put into it. And 4K yeah. is going to kill you, especially with right. Upland stuff, because you're you're recording a lot. So even with much. that feature, yeah. Even that yeah. feature on the GoPro, you're still going to be doing a lot of work, and you got to yeah. cut that video down to something manageable. Yeah. Um, so I primarily produce it in 1080. Um, okay. So my oh, recommendation cool. is to start easy. Yeah. And and go there and just have fun with it. You know, do it. Yeah. Don't do it for somebody else. Do it. Mm. Do it for your own sake and your dog to help sure. you learn. And uh, there's so many great channels out there today mm -hmm. that it pushes all of us to be better, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's sure. the last few years, man. There's been so many, so much great upland content yeah. um, by small, you know, guys like me that mm -hmm. you kind of watch their stuff. Man, how did he do that? And <laughs> sure. it's just yeah, like it helps you, yeah. you know, change perspective and get some ideas, exactly. even. And, yeah. It's just yeah. like uh, learning how to train your dog. You're, you're going to see sure. a guy do something and, and then you have to know how to do it. Yeah. It's no different with video. It's just another addiction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to be dedicated to it. And yeah, and it's, it's yeah, tough it's, on you. YouTube is tough for the Upland Hunter. It's not sure not going to make a lot of money. Not I mean, the, yeah, not the huge market of, you know, some yeah, of these it's other not channels. Makeup but... reviews or something. Right, you know, or, right. Or exactly. Exactly. But, I, I was even looking at your shirt. Uh, Cliff Enzor. From, yeah, I'm a big uh, fan of Cliff I mean, and his he, stuff. He does he does a great job as well with some of his videos, videos are awesome. And, yeah, yeah, I really like it enjoy. Helps you kind of spark some ideas, even with podcast stuff. I'm I'm looking at oh, yeah. other other podcasts, not even in the hunting space sometimes, of, and they, they trigger an idea or a thought or an angle or things right. like that. So it's nice to be able to um, yeah learn from each other a little bit and 
Yeah, yeah. Not, not everybody gives secrets out, but you can kind of like read between the lines and right and figure out how they're doing stuff. You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, that's so fun, man. So yeah, under under forty yards on YouTube, people can find it. And... Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, That's... same handle on Instagram. Uh, I got recently. I got more into photography too for okay. stills. So yeah, I really like those two formats. You know. Um, yeah. I love the YouTube thing, but man, I almost enjoy photography a little bit more. Um, <laughs> a little, little less editing time, right? <laughs> it, it, I don't want to offend anybody, but it's way easier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many so good oh, yeah. photographers out there. Oh, I am yeah. a complete hack amateur, but sure. But I, you know, I could put something up in just minutes versus man, I got to sure. edit that video. It's like yeah, oh, video. for a whole night or a half <laughs> yeah. a week or whatever. It's a commitment. I'm <laughs> it sure. is, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I like the instantaneous, yeah, uh, photography stuff. Yeah, uh, that's, that's cool. So that's awesome. I got to give a shout out to our, our mutual friend Matt Davis. I, I think you did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, did Summit XT vest review? Yes, yeah. What okay. a great, what a great yeah. vest. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to using it. I uh, yeah, uh, I've only used I, it for training so far. It's been great. Okay. So I had I had Sidekick. Uh, I bought that last year, so now I got the, X, the XT. I started at Pheasant Heck Fest, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I've not seen a, an XT in person yet, but I'm uh, yeah. I, I got yeah. the the uh, Summit and uh, the Sidekick as well. But yeah, I met awesome. Matt and the whole crew, and it was nice. terrific. So That's great awesome. guy. So big big fan That's of great. his stuff. And yeah, his I, I finally I finally got the smell out of my uh, <laughs> the, the the lone quail in my yeah, uh, just some laundry detergent and uh, a good scrubbing and soak in the uh, in the tub outside. Really? So yeah, it, it, it worked like a charm. Yeah, Matt's got a, he's got a whole page on his. Uh, his website he actually sent it to me um I, I like washing care and really? um, yeah you just use a little bit of detergent okay. put it in a bucket can i get it all soapy and you really just you're rubbing the material against each other okay that's that's that kind of the enough. friction that creates the, the you know the wash of it i guess i saw your story on it yeah really that was all too that's all it, that's all it was um i mean thing looks brand new i mean it's, it smells great that nasty foul smells yeah, <laughs> is yeah. gone so yeah, the yeah. sidekick's a great system for training. I really like it that is. best. I've been I've been rocking that actually with uh, with no shoulder harness recently. I did the and, same and, last and year. Just, In fact, did, I yeah. bought it without shoulder harnesses. And okay. then I went back to Matt to get the shoulder harness for the season. But for training, yeah. it was great without. For training, it, I, really I, I love it. it. Just yeah. kind of you don't. It's just like wearing a, a belt and put yeah. all your stuff in there, and yeah. I, I really enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good, awesome. Good well, man, we're gonna. Yeah, no, it's a great product. Matt's, Matt's an awesome dude, so I love it. Yeah. Um, well, Dave, as we kind of wrap things up here, I uh, got my couple uh, couple things we like to end with, uh, and that's okay. uh, kind of the first thing is, uh, and we talked about a little bit of advice for for someone wanting to get into to some camera work and video stuff, but for someone wanting to get into just upland hunting, uh, they want to get get into hunting, you know, maybe get a bird dog, whatever it might be. What's uh, what's your piece of advice that you would share with them? If you can find a mentor, um, that's going to be a big deal. You know, I've taken some younger uh, friends' kids out, things like that. Um, to me, that's the best way to have someone show you because um, it, it can be intimidating. And even if um, going to preserve, honestly, is pretty sure. intimidating. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like going to shoot trap for the first time. You know, normally it's a big crowd of people. You're on a team of five. You're standing up there that's very intimidating public land hunting is probably the easiest way 
to start. Um, you may not have any success, but you're not going to have to perform for anybody and you're just going to learn. So I would recommend finding a mentor if you can, and then go by yourself. Mm. That's honest. If you go with a group of people, it it changes the dynamic in my mind. Um, you're you're more worried about what they're doing and you know, there's a lot going on. You got a shotgun, you got your brain is going 50 directions. Um, I I would recommend going by yourself. That's a good piece of advice. I, I don't think anyone's shared yeah. that before. And that, that makes makes a lot of sense because you add other people, even one, two, or three, yeah. um, that can add a lot of just pressure, right? you know, right. With, with trying to understand and learn yourself. Um, right. And then once you do learn some things, then yeah. going with the group, it will be beneficial. Yeah. Um, Love that. That's a good one, man. That's very good. Um, all right. Rapid fire round. We'll go through a couple questions here. Give me your... Your off the cuff answer, and uh, we'll bring this thing home. All right, all right, brother. So, sure. uh, for you, what came first, the dog, the gun, or the bird? The bird. The bird. For okay, sure. that's yep. that's what drew that's what drew you in. Yep, it was definitely the bird and the family events and the trip, and it was all about the bird, the partridge. Yeah. You know, we were yes, partridge so, yeah. hunters. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Love it, uh, Dave. What gun are you carrying into the field, and why? I have guns have always been just tools for me. Um, I have an old, ah, man, I have, I have a few old guns. I like to switch it up. So I'll go between my auto loader, uh, to my over under. And then I most recently just bought a side by side this summer. Okay. Um, so I've only shot it once. Um, so that'll be in the mix. Okay. Uh, like I say, I'm not a big gun guy. I've always shot trap and, sure. uh, I've won trapped competitions and leagues with a $200 used gun <laughs> off the rack at Gander Mountain. So Nice. Oh, Gander Mountain. I love, you I remember love Gander, Gander. I remember Gander yeah. very well. My, my first shotgun was bought yep. there. Yeah. Uh, I, my, I won well, Top actually. Gun with that gun. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys awesome. on my team's had like $5,000 Parazzi's and, sure. and I got this rusted old browning bps awesome. you know yeah they were not oh. happy but so no i'm sure hardware hard sure. doesn't matter a whole lot in my mind um, yep. but you know like anybody i like nice things and sure. uh sure so i'm kind of getting into that more you know yeah oh, that's cool man i so, love that no my, what you oh gander mountain that's that's where i got my first one as well it was uh, my dad yeah, and i went yeah. and picked up uh my uh, pump action from uh, right from a gander so that's, and, and that's for that reason i'm i'm not a sub gauge guy I'm, I'm sorry to report um, because no. I have a 12 gauge loader. Say it ain't so. I, I like, I like the big bores. You're so, just, I, you're I'm just not going to from it. 12s all out. <laughs> Good Lord. I, it's the most flexible round. I can shoot a seven eights round. I can shoot oh an ounce and five eight. I can shoot I need, anything I want through that gun. I need to vet these guests better. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's the most versatile gun there is. You know, you just guys are at a heat. Blowing birds to pieces. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good, man. That's yeah. good. Um, all right. We got a couple more here. Uh, oh. It's not a spite. It's like my truck. At yeah. this point, well, it's not no. a spite. Yeah, of course. Of course. You kind of, <laughs> you kind of do your own thing. Uh, it's right. funny yeah. enough. My next question on here was uh, pick one gauge to use for the rest of your life. Uh, that's, I guess it's going to yeah. have to be a 12. We're gonna, we're gonna I honestly look for my side-by-side in 20, but this 12 gauge came up and it was the craziest deal I've ever seen. I So I bought well, it. You have to. You have yeah, to. Right. So. That's funny. Um, all right. Favorite breed of dog besides the short hair or Vishla because you've owned both. 
I am going to have to say, God, I mean, it's obviously from, as a grouse guy, it's between a setter and a pointer. Um, probably would have to go with pointer, honestly, because I like short coats, man. Short coats. I like the low maintenance. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My buddy's got a setter, beautiful dogs, terrific grouse dogs, but man, that's a lot of maintenance. It's a lot of hair, man. It's a lot of hair. (laughs) I mean, my short hair, I could just hose him off the Vishla. He's dry in five minutes. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So I I would say a pointer. That would be my choice. I just, I love that. Especially I'm infatuated with the Western fields now. So I could just see a pointer just busting across the prairie. Just doing, doing their thing. Um, thing. Favorite bird to hunt and why? Obviously the rough grouse, uh, just the tradition, uh, the challenge. Um, It's still the most difficult bird that I've hunted, even though I have the most experience with it. Mm -hmm. Um, They just won't tolerate anything. They won't tolerate Mm -hmm. pressure. They won't tolerate you, the dog. So um, it's always an adventure. And I love the woods, you know, and and they're part of the woods. Yeah. Love it. Um, all right. Your go-to snack on a hunting trip snack. Occasionally I will make like smoked fish. Oh, and I I will bring that with. Wow. So that is usually a big treat. Okay. Normally like, you're you're just crew, you're just cruising in your, in your SUV, smoke fish in the passenger (laughs) seat, just popping. Yeah. Like a, like some stinky catfish or, (laughs) Or like uh, white bass, you know, yeah. they, they'll smoke up real nice and they go. make for a really good snack. That's awesome, man. You, you're bougie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not every year though. I, I, I think yeah. I got, I got a bag or two in my freezer. I might okay. start to thaw now and get those in the that's, smoker. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. And then beverage of choice after a hunt. Oh man. At night, uh, I mean, a cold beer can't be beat. Um, when I'm in the field, you know, any of the, any of the Gatorade style drinks are, mm. are good. Um, yeah. Or water. I mean, water always works, but I'm yeah, not a big drink. I'm not a big drink guy, I guess. But, yep. There you yeah. go. Have you tried the, uh, have you tried the, un- no, not, no, not Under Armour. That's, that's the stuff you wear. Body yeah. Armour. Body Armour drink. Bardia. No, I've heard Body of it. I've heard, I've heard you talk about it. Oh, the- Really? Oh, well, I think uh, my buddy Jeremy, he got me hooked on that. Yeah, yeah. And it's all in the gas stations and everything. And it's it's good. I like it a lot. Body it's armor. like body armor. I think the base okay. is like coconut water or something like that. Oh, I'm it's, it's, like your, it's like a typical Gatorade kind of thing. But it's, it's different. Yeah. It's it's a, I think it's a little bit lighter than a Gatorade where it's, yeah. Gatorade has that, I don't know, powerful juice kind of flavor. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, if you had a Casey's or something, check yeah, it out. Maybe they'll have a flat at Costco or something. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, Dave, this has been uh, so much fun, man. Finally uh, getting to catch up with you, learn a little bit more of your story, kind of what you're what you're doing behind the scenes and learn about some of your passions. So thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, you got a great show. Really enjoyed it over the years and appreciate me have, having me on. Yeah, I well, appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking here soon. Uh, Absolutely. Going into, the, going into the season here very close. Uh, good luck to you. And your adventures and if you want to meet up in nebraska ever let me know and yeah i'm looking forward to following along right absolutely it'd be great that'd be a blast man all right well have a great rest of your night uh and i'm off to hockey right now so i gotta run excellent (laughs) all right man take care all right see ya dave hang on one sec before you hit stop 
Okay. And that's a wrap of episode 92. Dave, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, sit down with me and unpack your journey. Uh, it, that never gets old for me. I hope it doesn't get old for the listeners. I love hearing someone's story of what keeps them going upland hunting, what keeps them going chasing upland birds, training their dogs, taking new trips, and exploring new lands. So I really appreciate your time. Hey guys, don't forget, download Onyx Hunt to save 20% on your annual membership with Onyx. Use code ROOKIE20. Save you 20% off your subscription with Onyx Hunt. Today, it is a necessity uh, heading into a new season, chasing upland birds. It's going to unlock hundreds and hundreds of thousands of acres of publicly accessible land for you and your dog to chase upland birds on. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave a rating and review for this podcast. I would uh, so appreciate taking time, leave a review, leave a rating on either of those platforms. It greatly, greatly helps the show get out there, keeps growing, and get out there to more hunters just like you. I think that's everything. Until next time, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.